In today's episode, the most difficult parts of investing. We dive into the two main reasons why it's not easy to be an investor. Welcome to the Investor Fellow Podcast, the podcast where we discuss money and life. And just so you know, I'm not a financial advisor, nor is this financial advice. This podcast is all about information, education, and my own experiences. So stay tuned. If I told you, if you can manage to keep these two things in check, not only will you become wealthy, your quality of life will be 1,000 times better. As a result, your health will thank you. So what are these two life-altering things, and how do they play a part in life and investing? Well, here they are. Patience and emotions. If you lack patience, you won't be able to control your emotions. This makes life more difficult in terms of wealth and health. So let's talk patience. The definition of patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. How does patience play such a huge role in investing and life? Well, if we have an increased capacity to tolerate uncomfortable situations, we can better understand what is going on. This can lead to better decision-making with an emphasis on long-term success. And let's be honest, investing doesn't always go as planned. You might have invested in a great stock or purchased up-and-coming real estate. If you don't have the patience to see these investments through, you will lose out on future gains. Let's look at some scenarios of impatient and patient people. Now, these are people I created for examples. Example number one, impatient Bobby. Bobby is cocky, and he'll do whatever it takes to get ahead. Bobby is smart. In fact, maybe too smart for his own good. Bobby wants to be wealthy. He wants to prove to the world he's somebody. Kind of like a lot of us, right? Bobby is in a hurry to buy real estate. He sees people making money and living the good life on social media. He sees the cars, the girls, the likes, the followers. He wants it all. It's time to learn about building construction. He's not handy. He doesn't take the time to study his target market. He doesn't have an exit plan formed. He also doesn't have much saved. All he wants to do is get started. He can already feel the gratification of his imaginary real estate doing well. He can already envision the praises and likes on social media, the dopamine highs he's getting just from thinking about his imaginary successes are blinding his unnecessary path to future failure. Bobby's impatience overrides his little voice of reason. He gets swayed by hot market trends. He wants to get in on the action fast. He fails to consider the long-term prospect of his investment. Bobby gets into a bidding war and overpays for his rental property. Not only does he overpay, but his interest rate is high. Bobby figures he could just charge more to his renters, right? No big deal. Bobby has no safety net for his property and nothing set aside for CapEx. Bobby begins renovating. He wants nothing but the best for his Airbnb property. He buys expensive furniture, which is a big mistake, (laughs) top-of-line appliances, etc. It's all bought on high-interest credit cards. Bobby doesn't realize labor and contractors for home renovations would be so expensive and take twice as long, as they mostly always do. It's taken Bobby longer than anticipated. As with many renovations, he now has a property accumulating more debt and his rental net operating income is lower than he calculated. Then suddenly there's a downturn in the economy. 
Talk of a recession starts brewing. Fear causes people to stop overpaying for real estate. Surprise, surprise, right? Bobby bought at the height months before all the craziness began. Bobby realizes he's got too much money tied into his rental. He's not making enough monthly to cover his mortgage, utilities, property manager, cleaners, and home repairs. He defaults on his credit cards, then his mortgage, and ultimately sells his Airbnb property for a loss. Now, obviously this is an extreme case, and it's made up, but it's really not far-fetched from the truth. But what can we learn from impatient Bobby? Clearly, Bobby is goal-oriented and overconfident. He is smart enough to buy a property and get his investment up and running. However, he lacks patience. Had he been more patient, Bobby would have zoomed out to see the big picture. Bobby would have realized he was not financially ready to take on this investment. Bobby also wanted to impress people. That's a major red flag there. He wanted the attention so badly that it put blinders on what his investment really was. A totally inefficient cash-burning investment with too many variables working against him. Bobby's impulsive behavior, impatience, and not doing enough research is ultimately what caused Bobby to fail. Let's look at example number two, Patient Maria. Patient Maria has always been fascinated with investing and technology. In her early 20s, she began reading about the stock market. Maria reads every book and blog she can on investing. Over the years, Maria has developed a good understanding of compounding interest, dollar cost averaging, stocks, index funds, bull and bear markets. Maria comes to the conclusion that buying good companies at a low price and holding them for long periods of time generally build good wealth. Maria is really into technology. She has a background working with electric vehicles. Maria can see the future possibilities of how this can impact society and the automobile. Maria is disciplined and is known for her patience. Maria does a thorough investment analysis on the company she wants to invest in. She looks into the fundamentals, financials, revenue streams, future partnerships, and where the market is trending in relation to her investment. Maria thinks about the pros and cons of owning this company. Maria also looks at where the company is heading in the future and the different ways the company can generate revenue. Maria looks at its competitors and understands the company has a leg up on the rest of the sector. Maria patiently thinks about investing in this company. Maria understands that the company could underperform for a bit due to growing pains and possible supply issues faced with newer technology. Maria finally decides to invest. Maria invests regularly in this company. After a year of investing, her stock is doing very well. Maria has a long-term outlook for the company, so she does not sell. Then suddenly, fears of a recession start to spread like wildfire. Sure enough, the stock market begins a huge sell-off. People stop investing altogether. Maria sees the panic and almost does herself. She catches herself and focuses on the fundamentals. Maria shuts out the outside noise and negativity and thinks to herself, is her investment still sound? After careful review, she concludes her investment is still a good one. Maria knows this is where her patience will pay off. As her stock begins to drop, Maria buys more shares, effectively lowering her overall average purchase price. It is extremely difficult to do this because she sees less patient people doing the exact opposite. It's not a refreshing feeling seeing your investment drop, 
and you continue to buy more of it. Kind of feels weird. Finally, another year passes. Maria has accumulated a large portion of stock shares due to the bargain discounts they have been in the last year. During this market downturn, Maria has had her patience tested multiple times. At one point, Maria began doubting herself and was fearful of losing the money she invested in the company. Maria also found it difficult to continue purchasing stock shares while the stock price continued to suffer. Maria knows she can be patient, and she knows that she can wait out the storm. She sees the overreaction of fear in the market, like sheep being spooked for no real reasons. After a year and a half of what seemed like hell, the company she invested in is now thriving. The economy is back on track and investors want to get back in the stock market. And guess what? Maria never left. She took advantage of the bargains. Five years later, Maria has made significant wealth in the company. Maria now has many options which would have not existed had she not been patient. Maria can sell a portion of shares for another investment if she wants. She has been waiting for a good opportunity to buy real estate. Now she has the money to do it. Maria will take the same approach on purchasing her next asset. Lessons learned from these two examples. We are not born with an abundance of patience. In fact, kids are the most impatient humans. Many adults still throw temper tantrums like kids, especially on social media. So how do we learn to be patient? I don't think it's an easy answer. There are many factors that go into being a more patient person. Here are a few tips to cultivate more patience. Number one, set long-term goals. Make sure you have a realistic expectation. Avoid the FOMO. Avoid expecting instant results and embrace the idea that good things come to those who wait. Number two, educate yourself. Enhance your financial knowledge and understanding of investing. The more informed you are about market dynamics, investment principles, historical trends, and your investment risk tolerance, the more confident you'll feel in your decisions. This confidence can help counteract impulsive behavior. Number three, embrace volatility. Understand that the market volatility is normal and part of the investment journey. Instead of being unnerved by short-term fluctuations, view them as opportunities or as a chance to reevaluate your investment strategy. Number four, practice patience in daily life. When you're at the grocery store and everyone's complaining of long lines, embrace it. So what, right? Do the same while sitting in traffic. Embrace the suck in things. Turns out, it's not so bad. Don't let emotions get the best of you. We've all made bad decisions purely based on emotion. I know I have in the past. The trick is to learn from our emotional blunders. Emotions and patience are woven together like yarn making a scarf. How do we develop better control of our emotions? Well, let's go over a few. Number one, self-awareness. If we can start to physically understand our bodies when certain emotions arise, we will be better at keeping them in check. For example, someone is arguing politics and you're listening. You become annoyed with the conversation. Emotions begin to change inside of you, right? You can physically feel your heart beating faster, a not feeling inside, blood pressure increasing, and anger start to form. So, if you can catch on to this early, you have the ability to control your emotions. 
you can remove yourself from the situation or remind yourself that in the big picture, this argument is basically nonsense and to not take it so seriously. People will always disagree with something. Avoid taking it personally. Remember, you don't have to have an opinion on everything. We would all be happier if we practice this. Number two, identify triggers. Identify the specific triggers that tend to elicit strong emotional responses in you. It could be certain types of news, market volatility, financial setbacks, social media, especially social media, right? Once you identify these triggers, you can prepare yourself mentally and develop strategies to handle them more effectively. It's like building an emotional armor shield. Number three, control the narrative. Most of our negative emotions come from the fear of what happens in the future. We develop a storyline in our heads of what happens next. We tend to think about the worst case scenario or even more ridiculous, we compare our future selves to others. It's like the snowball effect. We can easily become emotionally upset for something that doesn't even exist. How crazy is that, right? This causes anxiety when there's absolutely no reason for it. Combine that with a stressful day and it can lead to arguments and unhappiness. By controlling our thoughts as we snowball, we can stop negative emotions. There are different techniques to help with it. Explore various techniques to regulate your emotions, such as deep breathing exercises, meditation, mindfulness practices, and physical activities like exercise or yoga. Working out is one of my favorite techniques to control my negative emotions. I also take daily walks to reflect and categorize my thoughts. These techniques can help calm the mind, reduce stress, and provide a sense of control over your emotions. Number four, practice empathy. When we begin to snowball and you feel a flood of negative emotions coming in, catch yourself and think, is it really that bad? If you're having a bad day, think of all the good you have in your life, such as health, food, shelter, loved ones. Think about the freedoms that we have. Many of them are taken for granted so easily. It could always be much, much worse. Think of the people who do anything to be where you are. This helps broaden your perspective and can reduce the intensity of your emotional reactions. It also fosters a more rational and balanced decision-making process. So, conclusion of it all. Bobby and Maria demonstrate impatience versus patience. Bobby most likely will have a difficult time investing unless Bobby realizes he needs a longer time horizon and more research analysis. I see Bobby making the same mistakes over and over again. Maria, on the other hand, she'll do well. She will build slowly and then suddenly it'll all click. She can then hit the floor running. If Maria can continue to be patient, she can outlast any fad, market pullback, and life changes. Emotions and patience are tied to everything we do. By constantly working on yourself, you'll lead a happier, healthier life. Your relationships will strengthen, you'll be physically better, you'll have less stress to worry about. Less stress has tremendous health benefits. You'll be a better investor, thus creating more wealth. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next time. Follow the Investor Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks again.